Okay, I'll read from you from uh, my screen, uh, the Belgic Confession, Article 4. Uh, that is kind of the title, that this, the, the title for this series is Let's Unpack the Message of Hosea to Malachi. Uh, this came from this beautiful, again, one of the teaching tools we use at Blessings in the evening. Uh, this is the Belgic Confession. Article number four is this beautiful paragraph on what is in the Bible, what is canonical, what are the books of the Bible. And we began a way back in Genesis several weeks ago, if not months ago, uh, looking at kind of a very quick snapshot of the message of each of the books. And we've got this far, uh, and we're going to go from actually Daniel tonight all the way to Malachi. And tonight, you came on a wonderful night. We're going to finish the Old Testament tonight. So you can say you were here on the night we finished the Old Testament. We're going to try to get that far anyway. And if we're out of time, I'll, 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 I'll email you the rest, but we'll get as far as we can. But the Belgic here uh, is, uh, it, it remembers as we believe that the Holy Scriptures consist in two parts, namely the Old and New Testament, which are canonical against which nothing can be alleged. Now tonight we're looking at what's called the minor prophets. Hands up if you've heard the phrase minor prophets. No, you heard of that phrase minor? Okay. So you guys have heard of this before. They're not minor in their message. <laughs> They're not minor in their authority, right? But they are a group of uh, prophetic books at the end of the Old Testament that are uh, not lengthy, right? They're, 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 they're short books. They're not very long, but they still have the same authority as the rest of the prophets. Daniel is uh, a big book just before and is often grouped with the major prophets. We didn't get to him last night. We're going to spend one minute on him tonight, which is a very big injustice. But we're just going to do that. Um, and then uh, we'll look at the 12 not all at once. We're going to look at generally the 12 minor prophets and some of their themes. Okay? So if you have a Bible, you're welcome to open it and try to find it. Not, not try to. If you find the book you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn to Daniel. We're going to start there. And I'll also read a whole bunch for us as we go through. Now, these minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament are not to be dismissed, right? Minor prophets, major message. Minor prophet, major message. In them, we have things like God's character revealed in truth. In them, we have things like the birthplace of Jesus predicted. We have the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, Joel, also predicted. We have justification by faith taught kind of centrally as well in Habakkuk. Let's start with Daniel, who is kind of in the middle here between our messages. Really quickly, a summary of Daniel. Uh, maybe you uh, had this read to you as a kid. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But this is a, often these stories make it into our children's Bibles as we read them or different lessons for kids. But Daniel, remember, is a story in the Bible, a, a, a pretty long book in the Bible, actually, that is set right after Babylon's uh, attack to Jerusalem. And what happens is uh, the exile occurs and many people are taken from Jerusalem far away Having forgotten God's law, they have this kind of consequence in their life that they experience for 70 years. And one of them, one of the people there, and, 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 who's part of the wave of, of, of Israelite exiles, uh, is a guy called uh, Daniel. And we learn all, all kinds of things about faithful living in a foreign land, about God's comfort in the midst of oppression, about hope for the future. Uh, the first part of that book is uh, some famous parts, uh, dreams and visions. Uh, persecution of Daniel's friends. And the second part of that book is really about God's eternal kingdom that will, that, will, that will never fade, that will outlast all other kingdoms and powers and principalities in the world, no matter what may come, right? And uh, his famous three friends in the first half of the book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel is found praying. 
and he lives out his faith, uh, his faith in, in, in a persecuted kind of setting, and we see God's sovereignty as the book unfolds, God's everlasting kingdom. A beautiful, very strong book. That book came up actually this last week at BYG when we were talking about uh, idolatry and the huge big statue of, uh, we said, King Nebi that people had to uh, bow down to. So there's a list of the uh, minor prophets right behind me from uh, Hosea all the way to Malachi. Hosea, Joel, Amos, I won't read them all. Got them? Read them behind me. And if you ever want to remember the minor prophets, are you ready for the acronym for this? It's going to be a long acronym. Here's one. How jolly amateurs obediently made nutritious haggis zealously hugging zip melons. So all you have to do is memorize that and you will never forget all of the Minor prophets, okay? There'll be a quiz on that next week when we do that, okay? All right. Uh, listen, the overall message of these prophets, uh, knowledge of God's character, as I said, is, is there. We're going to look at that. Then you get some interesting calls for us as a church to, uh, to, a, to a kind of social ethic, a kind of living. The prophets really nail into this, this dichotomy between looking faithful on one hand, maybe, and then how we actually live and how that matters. They go very heavy on that on God's people, the north and the south, the southern kingdoms over a long period of time. And then you see a message of judgment, how God is going to use judgment to preserve a remnant for himself, and had hope, how God is going to really save and restore, right? And we see this over a long period of time. So very briefly, I just want to give you a couple of big picture things about the minor prophets. Uh, first would be just the context. You can look at the context in three kind of ways. You can look at the historical context. There's the years behind me. Pretty wide span, isn't it? Um, for when these books were written and the context in which they are ascribed, uh, 780 to 420 BC. Location, uh, they were happening, written by people, and people, God's people were before the exile uh, in either Israel or Judah, north or south, and also after the exile. They were also written there. So it spans that whole period of time. And in terms of the empires of the world, um, the context there is that the minor prophets span actually the kingdom of Assyria, Babylon and Persia. Interesting, eh? And I got talking with some, a whole bunch of people after church this morning because I was putting in my prayer this morning. We prayed, and I led the congregational prayer this morning for, uh, we got into praying for what's happening a little bit around the world. And, uh, and, and, and the things I was saying in the prayer led to a conversation about um, Israel today and God's people today and, and, the, and the different uh, geopolitical uh, waves that have kind of gone through that region. And so that conversation went on in various different ways, uh, even, even this over, over our lunch table this afternoon, it kept going, that conversation. Uh, just to say that in that time and in that place where, where we, we see the minor prophets, many of them ministering, uh, just don't forget that there was a, a time uh, when uh, the kingdom of Israel was, of course, um, was not divided, was united. And then we had the northern kingdom, of course, uh, fell away and God allowed Assyria to uh, come in there and then the south fell away from God's ways uh, and God allowed the Babylonians to come in there and then of course the Persians came and then of course the Greeks came and then of course G during Jesus' own life the Romans came. Uh, he was born into a situation of uh, Roman occupation and then we kind of got talking and our own history got fuzzy from that time <laughs> but you can look it up. There's a lot of interesting history on the empires. But the minor prophets themselves span from Assyria to Persia, roughly speaking. So real quick, just want to place all these minor prophets in the history of the nations. And just so we have an idea of what we're talking about as we jump into the messages of each of these prophets very quickly. Just to say that you can date four of them at least to the time of 
during the reign of Assyria, that amazing empire uh, where modern-day Iraq is now. And you have Hosea and Amos. Uh, And by the way, Hosea and Amos are very unique within the minor prophets because they are the only two minor prophets who speak to the northern kingdom of Israel. All the rest are speaking to the south, to Judah and Jerusalem. So they're early on. You can see that there. And then we have Micah and Jonah in that time period as well. Then there's this gap between the two big empires, Assyria and Babylon, and you have Nahum stepping in there. And then you have um, exile coming by Babylon to the south. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. God is going to use you. You have Zephaniah and Habakkuk speaking about the coming judgment through Babylon. And then you have this hopeful time of the return from Babylon in exile. And you have Haggai and Zechariah speaking into that time back in God's place. Haggai is very interested in God's house, right? In the rebuilding of God's house to God's glory. Uh, and and, and uh, Zechariah is a very priestly book as well. And then you have these later generations after the exile and after the time that they've sort of, God's people have reestablished themselves. Uh, and you have uh, books like Malachi and probably Joel and Obadiah, although it's a long conversation. And here is uh, just a real snapshot of that. You can just see the span of these books, which you know, it was a really interesting uh, thing just to think about um, because to me it adds to the veracity and the trustworthiness of the Bible from our human thinking that here's one small part of the Bible which spans maybe three or 400 years, right? And uh, it fits in beautifully with the rest of the promise, adds to, is cohesive with all the rest of the story of God's salvation from Genesis to Revelation, the promises of God from uh, Genesis of the Revelation is call on people. All these minor prophets, although written by many people over, over hundreds of years, all have this cohesiveness. And to me, that just adds to, if you're talking to somebody or thinking about your own reasoning on the Bible, adds to one of the reasons the Bible is to be trusted. Well, here are some key messages about the, in the minor prophets. I'd love just to go with, through you fairly, fairly quickly. Um, we're not going to be able to cover in this comprehensively in any way. We're just going to touch on some key points. In the Minor Prophets, you see a lot about judgment and restoration, right? You see a lot about how God is not given up on his people, how, how God's people have been given a way to live, have entered into a covenant relationship with the Lord, and whether in the north of Israel or the south, you see a God who is unwilling to give up on his people, and we see judgment and God calling his people back to account as, as a very hard thing at the time, but we see it used by the prophets and explained by the prophets in very constructive terms, that God is going to, to use that. God is going to use that and eventually bring restoration. I'll read just one example in Hosea around the agricultural uh, kind of imagery that we get with this idea of restoration. Uh, a judgment and restoration. I will, heal, I will heal their waywardness, this is Hosea 14, and love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. God was angry. God was calling them back. Uh, God did not just let them go their own way out of love. God does call them back. I will, be like the, I will be like the dew to Israel, and he will blossom like a lily, like a cedar of Lebanon. He will let down his roots, and his young shoots will grow. And that image goes on and on in Hosea very beautifully. And then we see a theme about all people being called to repent. Uh, Not just those inside of Israel, but all people everywhere. Which is actually a pretty kind of unique theme um, in in the Minor Prophets. That 
that God is still interested in the nations, very much so, in calling the nations to him. And you see uh, famously the book of Jonah. We know that story that Jonah is called not to go and preach to uh, God's people, but he's called to go and preach and call for repentance uh, where to the city of, of Nineveh. And, and Jonah himself finds that very difficult and very counterintuitive as someone who had grown up on the inside of Israel. But yet we see a God who is interested not just in the insiders to the promises, but very interested to those who are outside the promises of God as well. And that's an interesting theme for us as a church here in the city of Hamilton as we uh, are planted here in a way trying to be missional, that word you may have heard over and over again, which is we are truly trying to to reach out. And all of the things that we do are seen through the lens of trying to spread the gospel, to reach others in the particular context of Hamilton. And then you see a theme of the day of the Lord. This is a big theme in the Minor Prophets. It's so big that my study Bible had this. It looks like a big spider up there, but in the middle is the day of the Lord, and then all the different prophets, how the different prophets use the day of the Lord. There's so many in there. I'm not going to go through them at all. I don't want to get lost in that uh, thing. If we had time, we could just do a whole thing on day of the Lord. But uh, you see this throughout the minor prophets. There is a day coming, says Joel, right? There's a future day of the Lord. Uh, it's called the, the wine press of his wrath. This idea, again, that God is not given up, that God is going to intervene, right? That God is on his way, that God has not left this world. He's not left his wandering people. He's still very much interested in them. And that it's come to a point where uh, the day of his wrath is going to be seen not only in that moment in time, but also a day for, for all the earth to see at the very end of time as well. And then we get a sense of, uh, we get a sense that people are waiting for, alleviation of oppression. We get a sense that people are really waiting for, 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 for justice to come. We get a situation where uh, in Habakkuk, for example, how do you say Habakkuk? Turn to the person beside you and tell them how you pronounce Habakkuk. I'm just curious. I heard that. Yeah. That maybe I'm saying <laughs> Okay, now, now turn to the person beside you and uh, spell, spell Habakkuk. No, don't do that. No. Um, but you get, you get a very interesting uh, window in this, into a prophet's life in Habakkuk that many of us can feel as well, right? Where it's like I see wickedness around me. I see people not following God's way around me. What do I do with this? How do I live in a world where a situation where it's like you know, I'm feeling the short end of the stick here because I'm trying to live righteously and uh, I'm not getting ahead. It's not working out for me. I'm trying to be faithful, Lord. Like, what's this all about? And uh, in Habakkuk, or I heard someone say Habakkuk, or we'll get into that debate, but um, I think it probably correctly is Habakkuk, but anyway, I say Habakkuk. Can't stop saying that word now. Uh, chapter 2, it's like there's this promise that, 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 that prophet gets from the Lord. Like he says, write, the Lord says, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets, so a herald will, 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 hear, will be able to read it. And the, justice is coming, the Lord is coming. And God uses um, um, another empire in that case to bring to bring his justice. And then we get the theme of, again, I talked already a bit, but we took, looked at restoration and return and covenant, right? So God, again, is, is calling his people time and time again. Not only is um, there a consequence for them letting down on their covenant obligations and duties, but there's also this return and this restoring of the covenant, right, in the minor prophets, that God wants this to happen. There's a call to return to me. There's a call to return. Hosea, in Hosea 6, we read that. Um, 
And that's saying to the north, come, let us return unto the Lord. And when I was growing up, there was, uh, we were all into this worship music phase that was just kind of starting. And all these songs, like, I won't even say them because I'll date myself very badly. But songs with guitars were all coming out. And our, our church hymn book was exploding. And we were getting handouts and overheads and everything and all this. And uh, did I say overheads? I did say overheads. Uh, I think they were overheads, actually. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, Come Let Us. And there was a song that I learned as a kid. It was, it was, it was Come Let Us Return to the Lord. It was, it was, it was Hosea 6 put to music. And, and I actually played it this week. And I actually, like, I was in the kitchen here at the church, and I played it on my, and I actually was like, wow. I just, I remember how much that hit me when I was, like, 16, uh, listening to that and singing it with other, other people back in uh, Ottawa. Anyway, there is that, that call to come back, right? The Lord continues to call his people back to him. He does not stop. And that's, in a way, good news, isn't it, for us, that this is the God who, who, who is calling us back to faithfulness, calling us back to obedience. I'm not, not saying, oh, get out of here, you know, you didn't do well enough. He's, he, he's, he's calling us to himself. It's a, it's, a, it's a call to return. And we see this in Zephaniah as well, and I'll read a quote at the end about in Zephaniah that will pick up on, on that, uh, that theme. God's covenant, in a way, you know, is not broken. It's not destroyed because of what happened, uh, what, how, Israel, how badly Israel failed. Uh, but in fact, it, it, God is, is restoring that. And then we see God's sweeping wrath. I spoke about that a little bit with the book of Joel. And then we see a new leader uh, through David, prophesied, promised. In, in Haggai, the house of David is strong. A branch, uh, a Davidic branch is prophesied in Zechariah uh, in chapter 3 and in chapter 6. And you see this, of course, pointing to the New Testament promises of the Messiah, all pointing to the reign of Jesus. What are some key issues today in the minor prophets that we might just think about, might help us as we, you know, interact and try to live faithfully in the world? Well, don't forget that the Bible is very concerned and the minor prophets are very concerned with social injustice, social injustice, right? And... Um, I'm not sure how you approach that in your own life. Uh, some people uh, can use different reasons or different, like there's, there's different, different ways that we can think of, say, poverty and injustice. In some Christian thinking, you might say, well, Jesus will return one day anyway, so why does it matter so, so much about what's happening around me? Um, you know, Christ will return and wipe away every tear. But the prophets uh, seemed very, very interested in what was happening in their day uh, ethically what was happening in their day in terms of justice. And if I could just, we won't have a lot of time, but we have to go to Amos for this, for sure. Some very famous passages in the book of Amos about this, about um, you get verses about um, people using weights and scales that are imbalanced properly, stealing from the widow, stealing from the poor, uh, looking out for themselves first. And we see in uh, Amos chapter 5, uh, we see... Some very pointed words here about how we're living today and the priority of just living. And we see uh, in Amos chapter 5 and verse 10, if you have a Bible, you can go there. Uh, we see, uh, it's on page 748 in my Bible. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in the court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain, therefore... You have built stone mansions, and you will not live in them. 
You have planted lush vineyards. You will not drink their wine, for I know how many are your offenses and how great are your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Yeah, so the pro- that's just one example, but man, it, uh, the Lord in, in the prophets is very concerned with integrity in our, in, our, in our daily living, very concerned with integrity in, 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 in the lives of his people, and very, very interested in integrity and, I think, how, how the church operates and how the church witnesses in, in the world today. Then you have a whole theme of religiosity and ritualism. Uh, what can we say about that? Well, I read that, I think, Amos as well. I, I'm not meaning to stay with Amos totally here, but... Um, we read that, and just just we read that name also already. That that it's another it's another prophets as well. That um, that that there is a difference between that God sees a difference between um, the heart and the outer actions, right? Um, that, that, that that God sees if our living out of our our faith is is religiosity first, is for the outward first, is empty in a way. Uh, whether we're doing things just ritualistically or whether we're doing them out of obedience to God in our hearts, desire to please Him, a heartfelt love for God, um, sort of a, a truthfulness there, right, about, about living. And uh, God has a lot to say about that um, uh, in the minor prophets. Then you get a theme we haven't talked about yet, which is idolatry. In fact, <laughs> it sounds kind of fun. I, I don't think it was a very riveting sort of uh, maybe maybe message or a thing to advertise, but on the senior youth on Thursday, that was the topic. What's the meaning of idolatry today? Um, but I thought it went pretty well. Um, we had some good discussions about that. Uh, we looked at Tim Keller's book about uh, different idols in our mind today, like what freedom is, what science is, what morality is. But in the prophets, you get um, some very stark images about um, idolatry, and it's from a spiritual level. And you get uh, the prophet Hosea is the best-known one for this at the very beginning of the 12 prophets, uh, framing that, 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 that sin of idolatry as a form of spiritual idolatry. And, um, and, and, and you see the, the worshiping of other gods, the leaving of God's ways, the, the setting up of other uh, things and idols to, to give our hearts to uh, that was all the way through the northern and the southern kingdoms of, of Israel. And that resulted in, in a great falling away and in a great judgment on God's people. And then finally, you see spiritual apathy. And in Malachi, uh, you see this very clearly. It's a, it's, it, it's a, it's a very the last book of the Old Testament. And you see in the words of Malachi this, uh, this call, right? The, of, there's these excuses that people seem to be making about um, uh, their faithfulness or their living out to God. And you hear a call to return to God with great zealousness. Maybe test the, even test God. What does it mean to serve God truly with our whole hearts? And there's some very strong words uh, at the end of Malachi chapter 3 on spiritual apathy. Well, I'm going to give you about a minute just to say, hey, Pastor Greg, you didn't get to all the minor prophets. Uh, just take a minute and just read the one. I'm not going to read, read it. Can you read that? Is it too small? Do you need a telescope for that? Read as many as you can. 
a quick summary of each of the minor prophets. You just take 30 seconds with the person beside you and say, uh, which one of those minor prophets matters most in my life tonight? Just go ahead. Just take 30 seconds. Well, overall message of the minor prophets. In Jesus, God removes all of our shame and all of our sin. He is the king. He rules over all people. All of these prophets are pointing, right, to this, to this King Jesus. Every single book of the Old Testament points to this perfect rule of Jesus. I want to read for you to finish this uh, bit from Zephaniah. And we hear, um, again, this overall theme that God has, has uh, there's been punishment, there's been judgment, but also restoration uh, in, the, in, 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 in the time and in the ages. And I'll finish with this, Zephaniah. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away all your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will read it, and that's where I want, pardon me. I will remove from you all, from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will Rescue the lame, I will gather the exiles, I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. And at that time I will gather you, at that time I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, says the Lord. Let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you that you are indeed the eternal God. And we thank you for the opportunity to remember how you have spoken into the events of the world over time and into the events and places of your people over time. And Lord, we thank you for the truthfulness of Scripture, that it is the Word of God, that you have brought it through different writers from different ages, Thank you, Lord, for the consistency that we can see in these minor prophets as they align with the rest of the Bible. Lord, whether we need to hear a message of return this evening in our own lives, a message of hope, a message of turning from idolatry, a message of new zeal in a season of spiritual apathy, Lord, speak to us by your word. May it settle deeply in our hearts. 
We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.